This is the AtU2.com podcast for December 14th, 2019, talking all things U2, including album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of AtU2. I'm your host, Colin Suter, and on this episode, we have Amy Fluhopt, who will tell us of her continuing adventures in New Zealand and Australia. And I believe later we will talk with Ian Ryan about some of the U2 news items that has been uh percolating over the last month of which there's been a lot of news in the last month uh before we jump into the discussion i want to let you know that you can find links to items we discuss in this episode at www.goodstuff.fm slash at you two slash 101 because this is episode 101 and if you're not already subscribed to the at you two podcast you can find the show in apple podcasts spotify and wherever you currently listen to podcasts uh, so welcome back, Amy. Oh, thank you, Colin. It's great to be back. Yeah. So, and uh, you are back from a just a, a long trip from uh, uh, New Zealand and Australia. And uh, last we talked to you, you had been to the opening night show in New Zealand, and I uh, just kind of wanted to follow up with you on um, on your travels and and other things you 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 did while you were. Uh, down under how many shows did you see total it was eight total it was the first two in new zealand so both nights in auckland and then all six shows in australia so there were two nights in sydney and then brisbane adelaide melbourne perth wow that's it that's it so okay so uh that in in what period of time is that like over the course of a week Oh, heavens no. Um, so I got to New Zealand on the 5th of November, and the first show was the 8th, so it was 8-9 in Auckland, and then the last show in Perth was on the 27th. Oh, okay. So it was usually like a Saturday. They would do like a Friday-Saturday or a Saturday, and then there were like some Tuesday shows. I think the Brisbane show was a Tuesday, and so was Adelaide. So Okay. Um, it kind of seemed like the same format like that they ran in the U.S., where they would because they did a lot of Tuesday shows in the last, you know, in the Joshua Tree 2017. So mm-hmm. um, it was like Saturday and then Tuesday was, you know, kind of a random day. But um, that would give them some time okay. I think, to kind of get back and forth. Because I don't know how they, I know other people might know, but I don't know if they spent the night where they were or mm-hmm. like if they, I, I think somebody said they were perhaps like commuting from like Sydney or something like that was where their home base was. I, I don't totally know. So, um, yeah. So, um, it's, it, I mean, it's quite an adventure. Uh, and I'm, I'm, like I said, last time I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I could do this. <laughs> I wish I had the, the money and the time and everything else and the, the, you know, the resources. Um, so what was, the, what were some of the highlights in terms of just the shows themselves? Uh, because I know they varied certain things, um, over the course of that time, but, uh, just give me, give me a few things that stand out from, from some of the shows that you saw. Sure. Um, so Auckland 2 was great. I'm a big believer. I even wrote my piece, the only thing I've written for the website, about how the second show in the same city is always better. And Auckland 2 was great. Um, they definitely, I think they kind of had the kinks worked out. You know, the fans got into it. Um, it just felt a little bit better. I know that sounds odd, but when it comes to shows, I'm kind of all about how I feel mm-hmm. during that. Yeah. And Auckland 2 just had a different vibe and just um, like, okay, we, you know, we got the first one out. You know, we're done. Um and then another one that was surprisingly uh, 
great was Adelaide. And Adelaide was the one where they took some flack because it was the first one. They didn't play bad. Mm. And I know that there was some discussion about that. And I didn't notice it until, I don't know, like running to stand still. I know that's kind of an odd <laughs> time in the show to realize, oh, they didn't play that. Um, but they were just happy and they were just uh, relaxed and they were having a good time and they were joking a lot. And I mean, Adelaide is this part of New Zealand, not just New Zealand, it's in Australia, where it's kind of, it was really hot, <laughs> I'll okay. be honest. Uh, and the second day that I was there, the day that I flew from Adelaide to Sydney, it was like 40 degrees Celsius, which is like 105. Mm. I mean, it felt like a furnace mm. outside. So it's just hot. It's, I think it's, it's Australian white yeah. country. And I, it was a Tuesday night. So uh, it was kind of just an, I think it was kind of just a weird night of the week. And it's not a huge city where there's like a big downtown or anything. So I don't know kind of what they felt like going into it. I don't know if they felt like we're just going to let loose and have a good time and, you know, put on a, a great show. Um, and they did, they were just relaxed. They did a bit throughout, I guess it started, I want to say maybe in Melbourne or if I, just, I should remember, but um, where they start would talk, you know, they went around to all the, the band members and talked about um, like, you know, Larry and Edge being in um, the, the country Western band at the beginning of their <laughs> careers. And like, what did they learn and stuff like that. And I, it took me 53 shows to ever hear Larry talk during a show. So did he really, I mean, I had never, I, I, to my knowledge, I don't remember it on my previous no. shows, but most of them in the last five years. Um, I never heard Larry talk during the, the show. closest we've come is him during the zoo TV tour. He would take the mic and sing, uh, an, an Irish hymn or something, or, uh, you know, traditional Irish song. Yeah. That was way before my time. I was like in high school. I wish I could have yeah. done that, but uh, yeah, so I told my friend I was like fifty three shows. Um, so he would, you know, he would take the mic and he would talk and he would, you know, tell what he learned and and then they would talk about like great Irish inventions and Larry would do his thing about his favorite thing was the potato chip and you know <laughs> or the potato crisp whatever it is and uh, stuff like that. So it was it was funny. Um, it was definitely something that I thought kind of got cooler kind of as they kept doing it because like I said I had never heard Larry speak during a show much less like laugh and smile. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Larry smiling moments, especially in Adelaide In Adelaide, they just seemed to cut loose and they just seemed to have a good time. And, um, I think the crowd was people who were there were definitely enjoying it, um, for being, you know, random night of the week. So, uh, that one, like I said, that one is an odd one. I don't know if a lot of people agree with me, um, that went, that thought the Adelaide was a great show. I just thought it was relaxed and fun and them just enjoying their job more than they, you know, mm -hmm. they always do. But, now that you um, said the audience was disappointed because they didn't do bad on that show, or but well, what, what, what did they? I don't know if the audience okay. was. I just remember there being some okay. chat okay. elsewhere about it. Um, I don't think the. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I know what you meant. Was, uh, it was yeah the the general the sort of the the YouTube chat room vibe or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. I read about it. The like when I got back, I was like, oh, everyone's upset they didn't play bad. I was like. What was the they rotating song play. in that spot? Was I don't oh, know okay. if they even did one, honestly. I mean, I don't. I mean, like I said, I, it wasn't something where I was like, "Oh, mm -hmm. they're doing this instead." Okay. Or, um, but was I was it in the opening, you, the opening four songs, or okay, yeah, yeah, that's what. Well, in the U.S., it was it was I, I the I, they either did bad or they did a sort of homecoming in that spot. So I don't, yeah, uh, or they do maybe I will follow or something like that. Um, 
that I, I think that the thing bad was always the rotating song. It was always Sunday, Bloody Sunday, New Year's Day, uh, something, and then Pride would lead into Streets, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was kind of how it went, but I think they just okay. skipped it again. I may have to go back. And yeah, I can't. I can't list. keep track of. But I didn't realize it later. <laughs> yeah, um, and I try not to when I'm at a show. I try not to kind of mentally plan ahead mm-hmm. for what song's next. I mean, sometimes you do, but if you kind of yeah. know what to expect. Yeah. But I try to just enjoy it, um, and I try not to go, oh, they did that. Or um, if I think something cool is coming that maybe I want to, like, record a quick snippet or something, I try to remember it. But um, but again, it just took me several songs in to go, oh, they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no big deal. I mean, for me, it was no big deal because I was like, I'm going to yeah, see it again. exactly. And I've been fortunate. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs to see live, mm-hmm. period. Um, but – Again, I didn't feel like I was necessary. If that was my only show on the tour, absolutely. If I hadn't seen them in 10 years and I was in Aussie yeah. and I was in Adelaide, uh, sure, mm-hmm. I could see that. But for me personally, like I said, it, you know, but I totally get where they're coming from. If that's your only show and you're in Adelaide and you haven't seen them since 2009 yeah. or 10, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, um, and then I do remember, I, I haven't been like, you know, actively studying the set lists or anything like that. Um, but I do remember one little thing that popped up during a show where somebody got on stage uh, as McFisto and there was a big uh, security yeah. kerfuffle because uh, <laughs> they weren't aware of that. Yeah. I was looking away. I was, Larry was, I don't know if he was doing, I was looking at Larry and then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this like neon, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, um, I had no idea what had happened. Uh, my, yeah, the lady standing next to me, I think might have accidentally, but I wasn't looking at it. All of a sudden I just saw neon and security and I had no idea what had happened, honestly. Uh, but yes, I guess he'd invited McFisto to join him on stage, but he didn't, or someone, yeah. somehow security wasn't aware. Um, and for obvious reasons, security reacted. I guess it probably would have been um, more disconcerting mm-hmm. if they would have not reacted. Um but yeah, and it was fine. I guess Bono was trying to wave them off. Um, but Mr. McVisto, um, extra, Mr. The guy who referred when they asked him what his name was, he said, it yeah, was Bono. Oh, yeah. Um, Bono asked him what his name was, and he <laughs> said, oh, it's Bono. Um, but he handled it well. I mean, for a guy who was kind of being like invited up on stage in one moment and being kind of pulled out by security in mm-hmm. like another second. I yeah, I mean, well, you know, Australia is, <laughs> uh, is, from what I've heard, I've never been there, but um, I've watched I've, I've, uh, my one of the things that clued me into the culture in Australia is this documentary called Not Quite Hollywood, which is um, a documentary all about Australian grindhouse cinema, which is, you know, like drive in schlocky, cheap movies made in Australia. And just the there's a different attitude towards you know filmmaking in australia like they're just crazier down there there's something like they just like you know there's not a lot of um and i mean this in a good way i mean this like in a in a fun complimentary way like there's just uh, a a a, a sort of weird kind of uh more lawlessness in a way i don't know what you call it but um not lawless but just uh a, a just I don't know. They're less restrained, maybe. Yeah, less restrained. That's a great way to say it. Um, and so, yeah, so like being 
this looks like the kind of guy who, and with all dis- with all due respect to him, uh, who looks like maybe this has happened to him before. And he just like, you know, is oh, yeah, knows, knows out, how yeah, to go yeah, along yeah. with it and just play out out with it because he seemed. I saw the footage of of him and it just he, he seemed like a really cool, fun, crazy guy who could, mm. who you know his <laughs> his McFisto outfit was interesting. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah, exactly, yeah, and he didn't seem to get. I mean, like I said, he didn't miss a beat yeah. when the guy right. was yeah. back on the floor. He said, the guy, Bono said, what's your name? He goes, Bono. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was very, and Bono said, oh, okay. Like, you know, I mean, he didn't miss a beat. Yeah, so, right. I, I don't, um, if it was me, because I've worn a McFisto outfit to a YouTube show before in the hopes of getting on stage. Uh, if that had been me, I would have been freaked out. And I would have yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm so sorry I ruined the show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know? No, he was headlines the next day. Yeah. I think. That was so. That was Sydney. That was Sydney when that happened, if memory serves. Okay. Um, because that was the first night. Because I'm trying to remember where I was standing. Um, so Sydney one was also interesting because Melbourne was a great show too. Melbourne they had to close the roof. Mm. Uh, Melbourne was before Adelaide. Uh, Melbourne they had to close the roof, which was kind of a bummer. That is a bummer. Um, I've, so I've had that happen. Affects the sound. Yeah, I've, I've 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 went to the Detroit opening night show of the third leg of Joshua tree. Uh, it, I was there too. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So like having a roof over it, uh, just feels like I'm in a warehouse. I mean, at a stadium that big, yeah. like it just felt like, uh, where, where are the pallet jacks? Uh, because I feel like I shouldn't, yeah. I, I should watch my, my step, um, with all yeah, the, yeah, it, it just doesn't have the same cool vibe about having it outdoors, especially during the, um, still haven't found what I'm looking for segment where it's, you know, mm-hmm. traveling through the woods. I just remember in Chicago being a, uh, on the lake and feeling the wind from the lake, you know, oh, flushing cool. through while, while that segment was on, it was just like the greatest thing, like the great, one of the greatest concert moments I've ever had. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Joshua tree having a roof over its head, you know? No, no, it, the rain had started a little bit. So they took out the umbrellas for over the drum kit mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Dallas runs out and puts, you know, plastic over everything, you know, edges stuff. Um, and yeah, but I mean, I guess they kind of felt like they had to, but it always affects the sound mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, and you just kind of looked up and all of a sudden you saw the roof was closed cause it happened that quick. Um, but I believe it was the only stadium that had the capability to do a roof, at least on the eight shows I saw. Okay. So I guess they were kind of better safe than sorry. Um, Sydney won though. So Sydney's a. Melbourne and Sydney are Sydney are you want to talk about Australia they're the people I met from each city kind of had an opinion about the other city it was kind of interesting <laughs> um they were people in Melbourne were like oh Sydney's just this big city and Melbourne's cool and I loved both of them I thought they were both great um that the weather was was great in both of them Melbourne had that whole San Francisco thing where you don't like the weather wait five minutes where it would be raining and then it'd be sunny and then it'd be raining and then it'd be sunny um I got caught in a couple of just like downpours and then mm-hmm. I was fine. Um, but it, like I said, it reminded me a lot of San Francisco like that. Uh, but it, yeah, Melbourne just had like a cool vibe, you know, kind of it's famous for like these little like kind of small like alleyways and stuff like that. And um, just kind of, just kind of more of like a, a cool vibe from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sydney is obviously, you know, it's, it's the big, it's kind of the New York city of Australia. It's where everything happens and it's not nearly as big as New York city or maybe even Chicago, at least the way it felt to me. Um, But it, uh, it definitely has that, you know, it's Sydney and the the traffic is different. Um, Everybody that lives there complains about the traffic and it's a legit concern, but 
not compared to maybe traffic I've seen in other <laughs> American cities. So I was like, this is bad, but okay. Um, but I definitely understand where they come from. Uh, but Sydney, so Sydney, the weather was, I think it's kind of just like a moderate climate, um, like all year round is kind of what mm. I, you know, was understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Sydney had, Sydney had the first like rain delay of the tour that I was on. So they had some thunder and lightning. So they had to push Noel Gallagher, who, by the way, I have to say, was just awesome. That's, the whole that's cool. HOs. He was fantastic. He, like I said, I think I talked about this in the last one. He was great. He could tell he was having a good time. And um, he was excited to be there. And he was like, I, you know, I wouldn't be here if you two had brought me because, you know, you, basically he kind of, the way he put it was everyone in England is skint right now. So <laughs> I couldn't afford to be here is kind of what he said. Uh, yeah. uh, but he was having a great time. He was fabulous all eight nights. Um, anyway, so they put him back. Now he did the sh- the song that opened the experience tour, right? Like that that they play on the intercom. That uh, I mean, on the speaker. Uh, yeah, and then he did it live. Oh, that's yeah, cool. at all HOs, which I didn't realize it was him <laughs> until I was like, "Oh, I know this song." Yeah, I know. Oh, you. I know. If I heard that song, if I heard him perform that song, I'd be getting super excited, like expecting a, a show to start you know yeah yeah no he pretty much did the same set um he did the same little no gallagher bits every night where he would find somebody in the crowd and you know it'd be silly he i mean i think he's great i don't know how the aussies felt about him i'm sure they had Mm -hmm. a a, you know they kind of know he is and he's yeah you know but he was he was he was funny and he you know every night he would say you know thanks for showing up early i mean you know, and you're going to see a great show and, um, you know, don't worry, I'm done. You know, kind <laughs> of like now you can go to the bar or whatever. Um, he was, he was great. He, every, I mean, he did his new single wandering star and he would say, so this is my new single. I'm sure you've all gone out and bought it. I mean, just, you know, or, and then he always did uh here's another song you won't know. Like the, <laughs> between some of his, he was just great. And it's nice um, to hear something nice about a Gallagher. I think he's great. I think it sounds like he's probably mellowed out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, but it definitely, I didn't know that much about him outside of the Oasis days, but um, he's an, he's an interesting character and he, he definitely, um, yeah, he was having fun. Um, And I will, while we're on the subject of Noel, uh, at the end of the Perth show, he, I was, I wasn't in red zone, but I kind of like to stand like, like the rail that faces up to red zone because I don't, the screen isn't a big deal to me kind of being close to the band without a lot of people in front of me is kind of where I like to stand. It's weird. Um, so when he, after the, during the first show, which was obviously the last one he did, he came out and was standing on the rail, like between like the, the stage mm-hmm. and red zone. And he was hanging out Oh, nice. and he was recording them. <laughs> so I have a couple of pictures of him recording them. Oh, wow. And just kind of bobbing his head and having a good time. So that oh, was kind of funny. Cool. And then, yeah. yeah. And then Adam was performing and then walked down and like, saw him. I was like, kind of like acknowledged him. And uh, yeah, he definitely like walked back and forth. And there were some fans who finally, I don't know why I noticed him so quickly, but uh, I wasn't going to go in. I wasn't in a place where I could kind of get to talk to him, but fans started like realizing he was standing there and started going up and talking to him. And, you know, he did selfies and stuff like that. But, but yeah, you're just sitting there and all of a sudden, no Gallagher just walks out with his, you know, I guess it was a beer. Um, I don't assume, but mm-hmm. uh, just chilling out. He's recording, like you know, them doing their thing, and he's got his phone out, and then he's just bobbing along. And then he went back behind the stage, and then or you know wherever he went, and then he came back, 
anyway, I just thought that was interesting. It's just, you could tell, yeah, the level of respect and the level of, you know, I mean, you don't often see that and you don't often see the opening act. Maybe you do. I have never seen it. Um, <laughs> kind of, or you wouldn't see them like right there. You would see them maybe go to like a luxury box. Yeah. Maybe I have no idea. Yeah, not yeah. the point. Um, but he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just here. And I'm recording it on my phone, and now I'm gonna go back." And <laughs> you know, I mean, anyway. So big plug for Noel. I thought he was great. He's one of my favorite YouTube opening acts I've ever seen. Um, That's not awesome. My favorite. So, um, anyway, to continue. So, so he was pushed back in Sydney one because I guess there was lightning. Um, okay. I didn't get there early. I had a floor seat, but I didn't want to get there early in case the rain, I don't know. I didn't want to get soaked before mm-hmm. the show started. Yeah. Uh, so I think they might've even evacuated. I'm not sure. I think there was something on Twitter about that where they had pull everybody off the floor and then, and that just sounded quite, I don't know. That's, yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess cause of lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah. So, so they pushed it back half hour, but okay. Um, so did you see, uh, were you able to like kind of keep up with, uh, you know, all the news items that were, uh, you know, happening, uh, during this time? Because there's a lot going on in that, in, um, you know, the U2 camp, uh, that they released a single, um, you know, they, they did, uh, you know, there's record store day and all that, um, I don't know what my question is here. <laughs> Just, I, no, you're like, good. You're good. I here. no, you're good. I got I got back before all that happened. Um, but if you'll indulge me, um, mm-hmm. I will talk about Sydney because Sydney. Oh yeah, um, please. So do. I was in Sydney. I went to the YouTube conference. There was like I don't know fifty or eighty. Oh right. Okay. Like yeah. That. Talk about that. Yeah. And it was cool. Um, it was cool. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, Scott, who was part of our group here, mm-hmm. was one of the leaders of it, and it was really neat. Um, I had a great time. Um, so that was a full day in Sydney and I don't regret spending one of my days in Sydney doing that. It was at studio 301, which is the biggest recording studio in the Southern hemisphere. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yeah. They were really incredible hosts. Um, but so that was, that was the first day in Sydney. And I, I will confess I'm a little bit, I'm not young by any wild stretch, but I'm a little bit young to Mm. remember in excess and their heyday. Okay. And certainly in their heyday when they were in the U S like touring. Mm -hmm. So I know their songs just from the radio, but it was never something that, um, I don't know. Like I said, I heard it on the radio, but I was never, that was a little bit too young to remember that. So at that, um, they had some great speakers. Dallas shoe came and visited. He was our kind of like highlight of it. I guess not the highlight. The whole thing was fantastic, but Mm -hmm. Dallas came and talked and told some really cool, uh, just you two stories. He's a very chill, down to earth guy, as you might imagine. Yeah, I've, I've um, met him with, once, and yeah, he's he, he's uh, by all accounts just the, one of the nicest people in the U two camp, which is filled with nice people. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's about as chill as they come, and he came and talked for a while, and and everybody was excited to have him, and he told some great stories. Um, but then uh, Richard Lowenstein uh, talked about Left Town. And they showed a a longer version of left town, which again, that time in U2 and in excess, mm-hmm. he's a bit too young to remember. Um, well, when you say, the when internet you, then. <laughs> when you say they showed a longer version of love town, are you talking about the, the uh, concert TV special that aired? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somehow they procured like a 40 minute version of it that showed a lot more like um, kind of uh, talking to people on the street, oh, like okay. about love and stuff like that. Um, and that was really cool. And he talked about the making of it and kind of how they asked him to do it. And again, Richard Lowenstein is not someone that I will forgive me, Richard, if you're listening. Um, I'm not super familiar with because at that time 
I was maybe nine. <laughs> yeah. um, so I didn't know that he did all of NXS's videos. And I, mm. you know, I, like I said, I knew him, but, um, but he was great. And he talked about that and he kind of talked about kind of the, the relationship between you two and NXS and how they were kind of coming up at the same time and kind of how the different paths that they each kind of went down for obvious reasons, but for some of the, the not so obvious reasons um, and how after, you know, kick and excess was trying to kind of figure out who they were, but you two just kind of kept and they Joshua tree and then they had, you know, the ensuing albums and mm-hmm. they seemed to kind of stay on this trajectory and in excess, just kind of, you know, different reasons that kind of kept them from being able to, continue maybe on the trajectory that you two was clearly on, but he talked about a lot about the friendship between the band, um, the two bands and obviously Bono's relationship with Michael Hutchins, which Mm -hmm. again, wasn't that familiar with. So, and then they did uh, a showing of mystify, which is the Michael Hutchins documentary. Mm. I can't wait till it's being like released in the States would highly recommend it. I didn't know anything about him other than his voice and his sad, you know, tragic death yeah i didn't know anything and the documentary was incredible i'm totally a fan are they is um, so a, he showed that that's cool are, are they planning on did they say they were planning on releasing it in the u.s soon i would hope so okay. i would hope that itunes would pick it up you could get it on itunes australia but i didn't have an australian iTunes okay account. otherwise i would have bought it when i was down there but it's called um, mystified mystify yeah it's incredibly okay. well done i hope that mystify any in excess fans or NXS experts might disagree with me. But oh, no, I, I, I would definitely it. watch that. Uh, and I remember uh, one of the other uh, items that kept coming up in the YouTube news feed were, was the uh, tribute they did to Michael Hutchins right. during the show. Yeah. Uh, during a, what, a One Tree Hill, was it? or uh, No, so no, it was, it? and again, I'm a novice with oh. <laughs> all of this stuff. Like I said, I, I, I never, I never, like I said, I didn't know very much about him at all, but yeah the documentary is so beautifully done that it made me want to go out and learn about him. So now I've kind of done like this extra, you know, Googling and stuff and watching old YouTube videos, but it's so beautifully done. It's a lot of it is like home videos, basically, you know, that he had taken himself. Um, So it's really personal and just like really beautifully done. But I, and again, cause I didn't know. uh, So November 22nd, which was the night of the first Sydney show was the anniversary of his death. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that was, I mean, just happy coincidence or a not so happy coincidence as things mm-hmm. would work out, but they did. There was rumors that they were going to do stuck in a moment. And we all kept kind of waiting because at the beginning of the, the show, when they're out on the tree, um, in the middle of bad, he kind of not really, he kind of like pauses bad. I mean, the Larry and Edge are still playing and Adam, and then he talks about, you know, on this date, you know, 22 years ago, we lost, you know, one of Australia's brightest sons, yada, yada. Um, and he dresses it and then he sings, um, part of never tear us apart, which was oh, really right. cool. Right. I did yeah. see that. Yeah. That was really powerful. That was really absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Um, and they asked to kind of, for the, the lights to go down for everybody to shine their light kind of in his memory. Uh, and so you think that's going to be it. So, but there was still that, are they still going to do second in a moment or is that it? So mm-hmm. the show continued and then they did, they did second in the moment and they actually did like a photo montage on the screens of him. Um, like some of the pictures, live pictures I recognize from the documentary. So it was really powerful. Um, there was also something kind of odd. They, I again, since I've looked up other stuff, there was a little bit of lightning before the show. And I guess that has happened at other Michael Hutchins tributes mm. where there's a little bit of lightning. So it was kind of like, I don't know, eerie yeah. or cool, however you look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, you know, so there's a little bit of lightning. And then, like I said, that was kind of an odd 
like I said, coincidence, however you want to look at it. But it was a beautiful, beautiful tribute. And they actually, the second night in Sydney, they said, we've gotten so much great feedback. We've gotten emails and, you know, you know, basically um, emails and people have reached out to us and they were so moved by it that they did it again the second night um, with the same photos behind it. So again, to me, that will always be part of my Australian trip to see you two because mm-hmm. I learned a lot about another band and then a lot about um, just another great, you know, performer that I didn't really know very much about that was clearly influential on you two, especially during the Joshua tree time, like in you know the late eighties. So that will always kind of be part of it because I didn't know very much. Um, and I just think the way they handled it um, was just beautifully. And just, you know, I think everybody, I, I can't imagine anybody being upset with the way they did. They just did it perfectly. And there's always been that, again, didn't know. Um, but I guess Stuck in a Moment was written kind of shortly after his death because mm-hmm. they came yeah. out on the album. They came out in 2000. So it's kind of written for him, basically. So it was just beautiful. Anyway, that's that's all I will go on about the <laughs> in excess part of you 2 But for me, that was what made the Sydney shows just really unique and really powerful on top of them just being, you know, awesome shows mm. and great bands and this beautiful Sydney cricket gown, which is its own kind of interesting venue. Um, so, and those were the last two. And then they went all the way to the West coast in Perth, which is way like this far away, you know, <laughs> the opposite side of the, of the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, totally different, but, um, but those shows are really incredible. And again, with my interesting experience going to the YouTube conference and seeing Richard Lowenstein speak and seeing the, the documentary, all of that kind of, I think factored into how I've, viewed the show and how powerful it was for me. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I, when I said one tree Hill, I think I was confusing that tribute. No, with you're fine. The, I knew what you meant. Yeah, you're good. Carol tribute. Um, but I remember I, I was in high school when the kick album came out and I just remember that is when like they blew up. I mean, they, they went, they were a cult band. They had a, they had a weird name that nobody could pronounce. People were like, is it Inks's? What is that? Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and then when that album came out, everyone, Oh, it's in excess. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, and uh, I just remember I was like obsessed with uh new sensation because mm-hmm. that, that guitar, that great riff that just goes through the whole song, it is so infectious. It is so much fun. Um, I just remember like playing that over and over and over again in high school and just thinking, wow, this is this is so cool. Um that that's a that's a terrific album. It's a great jumping in uh you know, it's a great start off album if you're gonna, you know, look at In Excess's work. That's a great album to start with. Um and also my, one of my favorite U two side projects or you know, cameos appearances on an album whatever you want to call it is that final michael hutchins album that came out uh, after his death uh, he had a bunch of songs recorded one of them was with bono and um i believe the song was called fly away and that's one of my favorite slide away slide away yes. thank you away. right because i have i have done probably more digging into this than i should probably admit um no, no. yeah i've listened to all of it and it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a beautiful. And the fact that Bono recorded it, I think, several years, actually, after his death, to my knowledge. It wasn't, or it, like, not several years, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was recorded after his death. So it was mixed together. Right. I believe after he passed away. So I think you're right. Yeah. Um, um, that's a great song. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought so, too. It's, yeah, it just it made me kind of, like I said, I always knew the story, um, but there's a lot more to him than. And like I said, Richard Lowenstein, we were very lucky to have him uh, speak at the YouTube conference. 
because of his, you know, relationship with the band and kind of with, you know, between the two bands actually, and kind of being able to see the, the paths that each of them, you know, took. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I definitely, like I said, there's always different like parts of whenever I travel to see you two, there's always like things that kind of happen that it's kind of takes me on a different journey besides just going to the show. Yeah. There's always like, Oh, I learned this or, Oh, this happened. Or, you know, this was an extra song they threw in, or this was something they talked about. And so for me, it was like the fun part with Larry talking and, you know, he's laughing and mm-hmm. having a good time. And, <laughs> you know, what is this? No. And he was fabulous. He was so great. Uh, him doing that. And then just kind of the more thoughtful kind of, um, for me, just a lot of time I spent in my head thinking about Michael Hutchins' story and his relationship with you 2 And honestly, just, you know, kind of his his life and kind of how it all kind of transpired. Uh, so I spent, you know, and also being in Sydney, I think I, you know, was just a little bit more aware of, um, because every night at the end of the show, the house lights would go on and they would play Never Tear Us Apart and the whole crowd as they left would just belt it out. Mm. Um, so That's great. again, I learned a lot. <laughs> so that will always be part of it for me. The, the Australian in excess, Michael Hutchins yeah. aspect of it. And the fact that it was, it all, magically kind of coincided with the 22nd anniversary of his death will always be part of it for me so if you're out there and you're listening and you want to comment and you were there you think i'm wacko or whatever i don't think so. please do <laughs> uh but maybe there's a lot of other because like i said i feel like i'm late to the party because i didn't know i didn't i mean i well, knew the i knew of them but i certainly didn't know very much about them yeah besides songs that her on the radio so that's okay but it's a really interesting story <laughs> no that's great um, that's great um, so, so I know you got to cut out of here in a few minutes. Uh, can you tell oh, me? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> a couple more minutes. Yeah. I will. I will tell you about Australia, I guess. Do you yeah, hear about yeah, that? Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's really, everybody's really friendly. Um, they, you know, they're definitely, um, they're what they're built as. They're no worries. They're very chill people. Everybody was really friendly. Um, each city that I went to had a different vibe where, you know, in Brisbane, it was kind of, you know, up near, you know, the Gold Coast and it was, it was really hot there too. Um, <laughs> But just kind of more kind of, you know, laid back, you know, smaller town kind of feel. Adelaide was the same way um, with it being, you know, just really hot and kind of out of the way a little bit. Mm -hmm. I also did have time between the Sydney shows and the Perth show. Uh, I I had time or not, but I did it. Uh, I went, I flew three hours up to, to Cairns and where the Great Barrier Reef is. And I spent a day on Fitzroy Island which is awesome. If you go to Australia, I highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, it was beautiful and it was just, I mean, pristine beaches and clear water and not that crowded and just, you know, you could snorkel. I wasn't brave enough to snorkel. I didn't <laughs> want to drown myself for the last show. Uh, or you could scuba dive, but it was just, it was incredible. And then my trip back, I was supposed to fly Sydney or excuse me, Cairns to Sydney to Perth. And then my flight from Sydney to uh, Perth got canceled. So I was like inches away from not making it. Um, mm-hmm. because when they rebooked me, they rebooked me like the following night. And I was like, well, that's during the show that I'm going to. Oh no! So that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I made it, I was in Perth for all of about 15 hours. Okay. Um, but, but I made it, but yeah, I would definitely, Australia is fantastic. I know it's a long way for Americans to travel. It's even farther for Europeans, but, uh, it's a great, interesting country with all different kinds of things offered just kind of wherever you're at. And the people are fantastic and the, the culture is very laid back. And I, I loved it. I definitely um, enjoyed my time. It's, it's a very clean, friendly, um, interesting place with all kinds of different things. You've got the, 
the wildlife aspect, obviously, but you've also got a lot of really cool cultural and um, architectural things to do mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that. So I was very lucky. Yeah, it's on my wish list. It's on, it's on, yeah, it's on my bucket list or whatever you want to call it. I just uh, someday, you know, some of my favorite filmmakers are, are Australian. Uh, yeah. Like George Miller, who made all the Mad Max movies, and Peter Weir is one of my favorites. And, and uh, just, you know, uh, I, I get a lot of my education just from movies because I'm a big movie guy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I like a lot of Australian cinema, so I'm anxious to go and see that someday. Uh, and you make it sound amazing. So, um, <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, yeah. for sharing. All I this. will not be a jerk. I will answer your question. As far as the, the new stuff, the record story day stuff that happened the day that I, um, got back. So the record store day, I, I followed it. I followed all the extra news mm-hmm. that's been going on. Um, maybe you want to talk more about that. You probably have a little bit more to well, say yeah. about the news. Cause I followed it. I just, um, the Ahimsa thing is really cool. The release of that, their collaboration mm-hmm. with an artist from a, a country they've never been to before, I think is, is really powerful. And I think that that's a really cool, it seems like something you two would do. Yeah. Is apparently- to kind of want to. And and the rumor is that the the artists they collaborated with, and I had the name in front of me, uh, A. R. Rahman. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's rumor that he's going to open for you two uh, tomorrow in in India. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll be pretty cool. The U two three record store day release thing was, you know, it's fine. It's uh, if you're a collector or you're you're trying to get a vinyl copy of U two three, that's a, you know cool thing to have but if you already have a u23 it's not that big of a deal so um and uh and then they i'm just gonna do the news stuff right now um then there's yeah of course the sirius xm u2 uh station announcement in tokyo japan that happened during the howard stern show uh was just one of the it belongs in the canon of uh poorly conceived announcements for a u2 we were so excited too (laughs) we were so excited we all got up in the morning to see yeah we thought it was gonna be an album or another tour who knew but and then it was like really yeah that's it like we love you guys but really yeah (laughs) right (laughs) so uh yeah you could put that in there with the uh the kmart pop mart announcement you could put that in there with the vertigo uh um uh ticket uh sale uh fiasco that happened in 2005 uh just some of the some of the lesser pr moments that u2 has had in their career this uh certainly goes along and it goes in there with that um yeah Maybe on a smaller scale, you know, it's, it was certainly wasn't a global mm-hmm. thing like the songs of innocence being on iTunes, which I think was the ultimate uh, poor PR move, poorest PR move they've ever had. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, so that's it for the news. So we'll just that'll be it for <laughs> news commentary for now. Um, so Amy, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Yes, and well, I appreciate you letting me, you know, go on about stuff that maybe wasn't specifically YouTube related, but. But the tour is incredible. Like I said, I'm very lucky. It was eight shows. They were all, maybe I ask you, how can you see the, at least ask me, how can you see the same show eight times? But each of them had a different vibe. Each of them had a different, um, not the exact same playlist every time. And just for me, it's always where I'm standing and kind of what I'm feeling that night. And Mm -hmm. that all kind of plays into it. And at the end of the day, it's maybe not so much about how they sound or what they're doing. It's just kind of, you know, like my second night in Sydney, I was red zone and I was kind of. I can't get up front in the red zone because I'm really short and then I can't see anything. Yeah. So I was able to just like stand at the back and be close enough that I could enjoy it. And I'll 
I'm sure people saw me. I rocked out. I just danced and sang and had a great time. And it just, that's one of the shows I always remember how I felt during it. Yeah. And that's, that will always be, bring me back to the same show over and over again. It's just the way I feel during it. And each of these shows had a different feel to it. Um, obviously, Perth, I was kind of like sad because I'm like, this is it. Yeah. But, um, but it was great and the whole tour. So um, I'm greedy. I hope they tour again in a year or two and have a new album. So I'd like them to and, wait um, a year. I just please yeah. wait a year because I'm in school right now. I don't want to have this. I don't want to oh, deal with the yeah, stress of, yeah. of that right now. I really yeah. Want them to 2021 maybe right. 2021 is, is fine. Of... Yes, they can. They can. They yeah. can come back out in 2021. That'd be fine. Yeah. Um, preferably yeah. in the fall of 2021, but that's you know <laughs> it'll just looking. I'm ahead. sure they'll be doing somewhere maybe in the fall of 2021. <laughs> so, um, but we have a lot to look forward to in the meantime, and we have a lot to think on and look back on yeah we could digest and i will hopefully try to write a piece or two so okay um and to talk more about my experience because Mm -hmm. i just have a lot to think about and say it's just all still kind of um soaking in and i'm kind of processing all of it to be honest with you after being gone for a month so yeah but it was incredible so all right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on the show again um, for whatever you know topic we, we throw out there. I'm not sure what our next topic is going to be for the At You Two podcast, but um, it'll probably be not related to the tour or anything like that. It'll probably just be some kind of, I don't know, whatever whatever ideas people generate. I would love to do an episode on uh, Vim Vendor's work with U2 um, over the last yeah, few years because cool. they just yeah, re-released, uh, they just released Until the End of the World on uh, Blu-ray from Criterion and they re-released the soundtrack, which is an amazing soundtrack, uh, which is where that song, uh, they have an alternate version of Until the End of the World on that soundtrack so uh I'd, I'd love to do an episode on that at some point although that would enable watching a lot of vim vendors movies ahead of time and they're all pretty long so uh we'll see if that happens but anyway uh amy thank you so much and um ever listeners uh thank you so much i don't think i have to sign I don't know if there's a sign off here happy holidays if you celebrate them yes. we appreciate you listening yes happy holidays to everybody if you're listening we appreciate you listening oh and uh somebody wrote in said i enjoyed the podcast covering you two in new zealand could you cover you two concerts in australia which we just did and maybe even interview a true blue australian fan i would be interested in finding out what the band got up to between concerts besides fighting bushfires and who did they meet (laughs) with um we weren't real if i could time it with and and talk to somebody uh, in australia and 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 work out the timing on that i would it's just be it's super busy with the holidays right now i just i couldn't make it work but thank you at michael b529 for suggesting that it's a great suggestion uh just couldn't make it work so but that's okay amy is our boots on the ground in australia new zealand and she gave us a great summation and was at the youtube conference and everything like that and it's cool to hear about your michael hutchins experience um okay great thank you so much and we'll uh see you next time on the at youtube podcast Mm -hmm.